This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. We've got a great conversation today with Lucas Kuntz, the U.S. Marine challenging Josh Hawley for Missouri Senate seat. I think he's got a real chance to beat him. Lucas is the kind of guy who calls out BS when he sees it. He just called Tommy Tuberville to the mat on Fox News for harming national security. We get into that in our conversation, but first, I want you to see his latest ad. Manhood. You'd hope that means courage. Courage isn't something you can give speeches or write a book about. It's not sitting on the sidelines while others sacrifice or denying help to those who did. It isn't putting people down or trying to control them or using your own power for profit or ambition. In Missouri, you can't fake courage. We're the show me state. Courage is something you have to show us. It shows in the working class people that pitch in to help the family next door bankrupted by medical bills. It shows in the Marine who signed up to honor and serve the community that took care of him. It shows when a Missourian stands up to the powerful, when he fights to rebuild his state, to empower people, to secure our future. If you want to be told about manhood, some guy wrote a book about it. But if you want someone to show you courage, send Lucas Kuntz to the Senate. Lucas Kuntz, welcome to Against All Enemies. Definitely want an update on the campaign, but tell me about this op-ed. You're calling out Senator Tommy Tuberville on Fox News. <laughs> What's that about? Yeah, well, it's about you know going after a guy who's never served in the military, uh, actually damaging our, us and our unit cohesion, our ability to accomplish the mission every single day. Uh, just, you know, using us as political pawns. And so, you know, I, I was a Marine for 13 years. You know, I deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, you were in the service as well. And it's just, uh, it's incumbent upon people like us to speak up when we see folks damaging national security in the military, especially this these people who claim to be America first. Yeah. Tommy Tuberville said, if memory serves, no one's more military than I am, I guess, because his dad served. Tell us what he is doing in terms of affecting military readiness, in terms of making female service members second-class citizens. I mean, there's really no excuse for the hold he has put on these promotions, but what his, what is his justification? Right. So what he's saying is that uh, he doesn't want DOD to provide travel uh, for women service members to go get abortions who are stationed in states uh, where you don't have access to that health care. And so what he's done, though, is he's held up every single military general office promotion across every single service, including the Marine Corps Commandant. You know, I'm a Marine. We don't have a commandant for the first time in over a century. And so what I don't think uh, a lot of people realize, though, is just the impact that actually has on military missions. So uh, we're like, I think it's about 300 officers right now who haven't been promoted. And those officers are taking over for people who retired. So we've lost 300 folks and, uh, and the people who are supposed to replace them uh, aren't able to replace them. So what happens is 
The second, second in command has to try to do both the main job and the second command job. And then, you know, that ripples all the way, all the way down uh, the chain of command. And so, you know, when I was in the military, I actually personally saw this um, not in a military context, but I was doing arms control negotiations at the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. And so uh, it's an organization in Europe that's job is to prevent conventional warfare from happening in Europe, which obviously we've seen happen, right? And uh, this was during Russia's buildup. It was uh, when they were modernizing their military, when it, it was when they were rehearsing to invade Ukraine again. And, uh, you know, we we're there for three years. We didn't have an ambassador because one wasn't ever appointed. And uh, the entire time we were trying to get our allies to take hard positions on Russia and Russia to step back from some of the things they were doing. Uh, a lot of people didn't take us seriously because we didn't have an ambassador. We didn't ever bother to put someone into that position. And, uh, and, and, all of us who were below that, you know, we were perfectly capable of doing the job, but we were all getting stretched then and we were at a much lower rank uh, than the folks that other people were bringing. And it just, it hurts our national security. And right now you're gonna see that all over places like the Pacific, where you don't have general officers doing these jobs and people are gonna wonder, are, you know, is America really serious about China and, uh, and our allies, partners, and people who we're trying to convince are, are going to be in a position where like, well, I just don't know because they don't seem to care enough to send a general officer when China sent in a general officer. And all of this is because of the performative politics of one senator. This isn't like some caucus. It's a lone senator putting on a show for the most reactionary elements of his base, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's gross. And again, like he... I don't think he understands the impact that it's going to have on national security. But the worst part is that I don't think he cares either. I mean, this isn't that hard to figure out uh, a lot. There's a lot of people in the military and everybody who's there is telling him. And these are career officers, right? These aren't political folks. It's general officers, the outgoing Marine Corps commandant. It's people like that who are asking him to make sure that Marines and other service members can accomplish their mission and keep America safe. Hey everyone, if you've been watching this show, you've already heard me mention our sponsor, Storied Hats. Thanks to all of you who've already bought one. You know they are top quality hats made in fair trade facilities with sustainable materials. I've got a great new offer for listeners of this show. If you get one hat, it's 15% off. And if you get a second hat, that one is 50% off. Check them out, get a great hat or two, and support both our show and a small business that is doing its part for the planet. Thanks. I think it bears reminding people that this is the same senator who, when challenged about the the danger that white supremacists, white national white nationalists in the military pose, responded, "I don't see white nationalists. I see Americans." I mean, that's who we're dealing with here. Any claim to care about national security, I think, goes out the window when you're defending white nationalists in the military. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I mean, there's no room for extremists in the military. You know, I led a police training team in Iraq uh, on many missions, you know, dodging IEDs, trying to bring everybody home safe. It was me, 12 Marines and a Navy corpsman. We are all different colors from all different backgrounds, you know, economic and cultural. And the last thing that we would have need, wanted or needed on those missions was somebody who uh, was an extremist taking positions um, that really would have broken our unit cohesion and morale and had everybody infighting over things that really aren't relevant, right? I mean, we were all good Americans trying to keep our country safe, serve our communities, 
And to think that um, he would want people in positions like that when really like it, these are life and death situations. You can't be fighting with each other because you don't like the color of somebody else's skin. Like that's crazy. Uh, it's un-American and it would have it would have been very bad for us. And so, I mean, it's just you're right. Like the dude doesn't care about national security. He doesn't care about unit cohesion. He doesn't care about the military being able to accomplish the mission. Well, he might be in the find out stage of messing with national security. I'm going to try to keep the explicit rating off of off of this one because Alabama, which was supposed to get space command after a 11th hour Trump decision, that was just reversed and Colorado's going to keep it. We had Jason Crow on the the rep from uh from Colorado talking about it and, you know, a large part of that decision is the fact that women service members in Alabama and civilian contractors, women in Alabama, period, are second-class citizens because of the attitude towards women's health care and the grandstanding of people like Tommy Tuberville. You know, Alabamans, they deserve someone who's going to take care of them, take care of the state. Uh, they don't have that, right? They got a guy who doesn't care about them, just cares about his own grandstanding. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get what's coming to you. And, uh, and that's what happened with Tommy Tuberville. And it's real sad that normal everyday Americans who live in that state have to be the collateral damage uh, for his grandstanding. Why Fox News? Why did you make the case in Fox News that uh, that Tommy Tupperville is, in fact, a threat to national security? Because I want to put it right in their faces, right? Like, I want them to see that. You know, it's him. It's Josh Hawley. The funny thing is, so the guy I'm running against, Josh Hawley, he got pulled off the Senate Armed Services Committee for pulling these exact same stunts on political appointees. And so, like, you know, Tommy Tuberville learned from him. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I guess for Mitch McConnell, the guy who replaced Josh Hawley on there was this Yahoo. And now he's in the same situation, but worse. And uh, and so, you know, for me, I want to remind them and uh, and people who might be supporting them every single day that these guys are frauds and that they're cowards. And they don't care about America. They only care about power for themselves. I mean, that's Tommy Tuberville and that's Josh Hawley in a nutshell. And, uh, you know, I can't speak for the people of Alabama because I don't know the state. But here in Missouri, people are tired of cowards and frauds uh, representing them. And uh, it's a good opportunity to just, you know, remind everybody that's what they got. And we got an opportunity to change that in 2024. Well, I, I feel like I can't speak for the people of Alabama. I'm not unfairly picking on them because that's where I spent my formative years, graduated from high school in Alabama. And it, oh, is, right, a man. I didn't know constant, that. it is a constant source of embarrassment. But there are good people in Alabama, as in Missouri, as in every corner of this country, fighting back, trying to trying to achieve some progress, some sense of equity and equality. Um, so. So, yeah, I want the update on Missouri and your Senate race because you've got uh, Tuberville has some close competition in in the person of Josh Hawley for uh, the the most destructive senator when it comes to national security. Well, you know, it's it's sad, but it's also, you know, from my point of view, it's uh, it's very interesting because it gives us a real opportunity that might not exist otherwise. I mean, recent poll came out and showed Josh Hawley is the least popular uh, Republican senator who's up for election this cycle. So he's got the the lowest approval rating, uh, you know, lower than than Ted Cruz, lower than Rick Scott, lower than all of them. And so it's uh, he's a guy who like you can just tell that he's super lame, right? Like you don't really you don't really like this guy, and he does just weird, creepy things. I mean, he writes a book about manhood. 
telling everybody and calls it manhood and explains to everyone that the best way to be a man is to be exactly like him. Uh, you know, the guy who incites a riot and then runs away from the very people he was inciting. And so it's just, uh, you know, it's a real opportunity here where people are looking to take back power for themselves. Like they're tired of the Hollies and the Tubervilles uh, taking power away from them, trying to control them, control them in the bedroom, control them in the workplace, control them in the doctor's office. You know, here in Missouri, uh, we've passed a bunch of ballot measures uh, at, on statewide initiatives uh, overturning that type of control. You know, we overthrew the anti-union right to work 68% to 32%. We expanded Medicaid. We passed recreational ma uh, marijuana, all these things against Josh Hawley. So uh, it's really exciting for me to be on the front edge as a candidate, sort of leading that leading that charge to uh, to win a seat against a guy who does things that nobody here wants. Give us a sense of the depth of Hawley's hypocrisy. It goes far beyond fist pumping insurrectionists and then hightailing it as soon as he, he felt the heat. I mean, this guy was born into privilege. He is son of a bank president, private school on the East Coast and in Europe. Uh, Yale Law School. He runs around saying he's the man for working people, but again, he doesn't want working people to be able to unionize. He thinks that right to work is the right way to go. When he was the attorney general, he helped with a lawsuit to make sure that people, anybody, didn't get overtime pay. Like, it's absolutely bananas. The guy really, he just takes money from the wrong people, make deci makes decisions that work for them, and just helps gut our communities for parts and leave everyday Missourians for, uh, behind. But, uh, you know, the fun thing about him is that as much as he tries, like, he doesn't carry it very well, right? Like, uh, he's he comes across as a faker, which is why his approval rating's so so low. And uh, and it's also a good opportunity for us um, because we're able to get people in Missouri to rally around us. You know, one of the things that I'm doing is I don't take money from corporate PACs, no big fossil fuel executives, no big pharma executives. We've got a pretty long list. And uh, we've still raised $2.5 million. We've raised more than him if you take away the fact that Republicans – uh, and the National Republican Senatorial Committee have been bailing him out with campaign transfers uh, in order to keep his numbers up. And so uh, we've been able to be very competitive with the rules that we put in place for ourselves, the self-imposed rules, and an average donation of somewhere around $30. So it's just, it's really exciting to see a true movement building out here in the Midwest against the hypocrisy that people like him bring here. You got any viral campaign videos coming out? <laughs> well, you know, we knocked a couple out. Our launch video uh, went pretty fire. And then uh, I don't know if you saw John. Oh, I, know. I know. John Hamm did a video for us, too, uh, about Josh Hawley's little manhood book. And uh, we do have a couple more that we're brainstorming right now. And we're real excited to get them out there here uh, in the foreseeable future. Cool. We'll put uh, we'll put Ham's video at the top of this episode. Thank you so much, Lucas, for coming on. Get back on the road. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ken. I appreciate you as always.